Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke from That Film Stew. My co-host today is Jason. Hello there. How are you? Welcome back. And we did say you were going to come back when we did our WandaVision episode. And, and now I'm here. I feel like I've, yeah, I've been roped into this. This is, a, And I feel like I can't get out because there's so many bloody MCU Disney Plus shows on the horizon. It's very daunting, so, almost. So many. But I oh. think for this year, though, I think Loki and then you're off the hook until next year, I'd say. <laughs> you no, don't have to cut. Uh, is there this year? It's... I know we're getting the What yeah. If animated series. You know, I you've done it already. I... Whenever you come on the show, you derail me. I ruin throat. your intro. Save it. I'm sorry. Today's topic, <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, based on the Marvel Comics characters, Sam Wilson, Falcon and Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier. It is set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. The events of the series take place after the film Avengers Endgame. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. This is where we could just chat after the intro is out of the way. Well, you should... Don't ask me questions beforehand. Just get straight I mean, that's true. That's don't, true. Even, don't even acknowledge me. <laughs> but this year right okay so we've had WandaVision Falcon I Winter swear Soldier. Hawkeye's coming oh year. that's a good Is point actually I think they've actually wrapped yeah maybe I think Miss Marvel's this year as well and they're currently shooting I could be that wrong. doesn't matter we're here to talk about the and, Falcon and you know what and the Winter Soldier that's what I prepped for so I don't know why I'm asking <laughs> questions about projects outside of what I did prep for the show premiered on March 19th, 2021 and ran for six episodes until April 23rd. It's part of phase four of the MCU, which started with WandaVision. And then how many TV shows we're going to get? July, Black Widow, and then we've got Eternals, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, end of the year. So it's still looking to be a packed year for Marvel. At least we know what movies are coming. That's, that's the important thing, I guess. I mean, movies are easier to keep track of, but TV, <laughs> like if you look at like this show, it's just six one-hour episodes. And I've got to be honest, like I really look forward to Fridays each week having Falcon and the Winter Soldier, being able to digest it one hour at a time. But yeah, and then it was done. It was over. i got to say, like coming, coming off WandaVision and then... Almost, I mean, what was it, like a week gap? And then going pretty much Falcon and Winter Soldier kicking off. It's almost weird that now we have to wait for Loki. I almost feel like, what? Come on. Where is it? What's the hold up? Why are you making me wait? Because I'm so privileged. And, you know, with these shows just back to back, that I thought it was the norm. Now I, now I feel like, what am I doing on Fridays? Nothing. And for me, it's not just not having Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Invincible. That's almost wrapped. It's, well, it's almost finished its first season. I'm going to be a little bit lost now on a Friday. But we talked about it. We've got Mighty Ducks. Oh, that's still going. <laughs> I'm still enjoying that. That's still yeah, going. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> we talked about it with WandaVision that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first MCU TV show on Disney Plus, but scheduling, uh, COVID, it just got delayed. Which we talked about 
having seen one division maybe that was for the best because one division was such a great introduction to having the mcu on the small screen and i've got to say like really enjoyed one division obviously we did a full review and for the review i went back and rewatched the whole thing start to finish with this show i watched it each week as it aired enjoyed it for the most part this is not my rating i'll do that later enjoyed it for <laughs> the most part but i just didn't have that feeling of just wanting to go back and doing it all again i mean i know one division was a very different thing it had so many different layers to it and there's a lot more going on but this show i feel like and again i'm i'm not speaking negatively but this show i feel like once you've seen it you've seen it I feel exactly the same. I and I did the same thing. I, I rewatched One Division in one sitting in one day. Um, you know, it was a feat, but I but I did it, and it didn't feel that long. But I, I think was it like not the same? I think in total minutes, it was probably almost identical time, or they're about close to this. I just felt like thinking about watching this again in one sitting just seemed like a daunting task, like six solid hours pretty much. I don't know. I just didn't really feel the need or the real want to do it. Again, not my rating. We're not there. But um, yeah, like enjoyment was there watching it and I looked forward to the Fridays and, you know, had a good time. But yeah, I had no interest in sort of rewatching it. I probably will at some point one day. But it didn't happen. It's an interesting exercise, isn't it? Like just putting two characters like this together that we've seen the actors, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan have chemistry on screen, you know, whether it's Winter Soldier, Civil War, wherever they've appeared together. There's fun with those characters and, you know, they've got a, a, a dislike of each other, but not a hate of each other. And they kind of reluctantly get along because they're both friends with Steve Rogers. But we saw this, interesting dynamic develop if we were to talk about a falcon tv show i don't know if i'd be as excited if we're just going to talk about a winter soldier tv show but there's something about putting these guys together and it really is their show wandavision ended up really being wonder's show and vision obviously was a part of it but it ended up being her show this very you much. could almost say, not to not to go against exactly what you're saying, but um, you could almost say this ends up being Sam's show, Falcon's show. Although well, you're right, Bucky does have a whole story arc. There's a lot of focus. I just feel like a lot more of his focus is earlier on in the season or in the series season i don't know what are we calling it um and then i think he kind of gets his resolution at the end but there's a big gear shift for for sam and his character and yeah all of that i mean the ending is a lot more on falcon and bucky does step to one side but bucky is a character outside of him being the winter soldier where he was a killer his character is quite subtle and that's how it's played in this as well so falcon's always been a bigger character so he's that maybe his... why he sort of yeah falls back a bit because he is 
he's not a big showy character except for when he's obviously going on a killing rampage but <laughs> what you yes you've got sam his sister sarah the family business that's all going on and then on the other hand you've got bucky and he's got his ledger whereas before he can move on with his life or even start to have a life of his own which he's not really had like there's always been something that's been driving him you know the years as with a soldier and then he's been helping the avengers and all of that but he's got his little ledger and it's like he needs to make amends to family members of all the people that he killed as the Winter Soldier over the years. My first thought, when I saw that little book, My Name is Earl. Remember that show? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Palmer's a bitch. His list. He has he to, to right all his wrongs before he can enjoy the lottery winnings. And that's where my Look, men, on, mind went. <laughs> on one hand, what this show... You know, like the amazing that this show can do, obviously being long form, um, you know, entertainment is that we can spend time with these characters who we haven't had that much screen time with really and actually delve into a bit more of them as characters. For both of them, like you mentioned, Sam and his family, there's issues there. And at the same time, they're exploring sort of, um, you know, little elements of the world post uh, the snap, the blip, you know, Thanos, this whole whole rain you know infinity war all of that interesting stuff there you know like with the bank you can't get a loan because you haven't had a job for five years and all that kind of stuff because you haven't existed um all, all good stuff with bucky you know like it's almost you know he's in therapy there's how's he feeling he's dealing with all that stuff you know trying to make amends with stuff the first few episodes are really good at delving into all of that and then when the main plot of the show starts all of that kind of gets sidelined and then not addressed until the second last episode. And then, but just kind of almost like an afterthought, like the show went, Hey, we need to, we need to kind of go back to that. Like the stuff with, with Bucky and the old man, you know, like you know, he, he killed his son and it was sort of like, well, he's going to, we know that eventually he's going to, you know, tell like tell him the truth about what happened. And then when he does tell him, we don't even see how that character reacts to it. It's sort of like we see that Bucky tells him and then it cuts. And it's sort of like, oh, okay, what was that building to? What was the response? How, how did he... Left to the imagination. I just feel like yeah, they set that, a lot of yes, stuff up and is, then that's it. kind of left, left to a lot of it. The imagination, because what we were waiting for or for Bucky to make that step. To be honest with the old man about who he was and what's happened. So it wasn't necessarily what happened next that the show was looking to give us. But it was just Bucky being Bucky and not and no longer being the Winter Soldier. And another alias that he's got is White Wolf, you know, refers to that yeah. in Black They name dropped that a bit, didn't they? <laughs> with all yeah, the they, Wakanda references and you know, I've got to be honest, right? Because the whole, I thought that the motivations behind this show was for Falcon and Winter Soldier, was for Falcon and Winter Soldier to take on new identities, to move away from either who they were to become something else, something more, or to move past the, what they'd done in the past. So the end, like the show is called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, you know, we've talked around it a little bit and we'll talk more about it later. 
but Falcon does become Captain America. So when you've got the, the closing and you've got the title card again, but this time, instead of saying the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I was like, should they not have replaced Winter Soldier? Because that's like the whole thing, like what Bucky's trying to distance himself from or move past in the show, which they seem to show us, you know, like say with the old man in the end, that he's, he's owning his past, but he's moving forward for the first time. Yet the show is telling you that he's actually still the Winter Soldier. Well, I read that the intention was to actually, like you say, have the title card change at the end to say um, Captain America and, and the White Wolf. Um, but then they wanted the focus to be on Sam's change into or taking on the mantle of, um, you know, the, the new being the new Captain America. And again, I think that just shows to my point of that the, the show turned into a focus on Sam being Captain America. And it was sort of like, again, Bucky, Winter Soldier thing just pushed aside. It wasn't as important. The importance was the fact that Sam took on the mantle as Captain America. And with, I mean, I don't know if you wanted me to jump straight to it now, but we are getting a, a Captain America 4 film. Was this show, you know, you're talking about what was the point of this show? What were the intentions? Was this show really just to sort of promote and get people on board with the fact that there will be a new Captain America film with a different character that isn't Chris Evans's Steve Rogers. Was that the point? A little cynical part of me says... Maybe, maybe but what I would say, you, I don't think you could go from Captain America Civil War to Captain America 4 and all of a sudden <laughs> Sam Wilson is Captain America. Yeah. Something needed to happen in between and maybe that was the intent for this show. I mean, you know, this show it does still work as a show and there's interesting elements and there's, there's characters and things that we see in a live action Marvel show that we've not seen before. I mean, the opening was incredible. Like the opening 10 minutes was like a movie when you've got all the aerial action with Falcon in the air. And it was, it was incredible. So this movie's given us a lot of good things, but yeah, maybe this was a way of them announcing or launching a Captain America 4, getting the people on side. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm on side. I'm like, you know, Sam's a badass. And, uh, yeah, you know, the whole, He's a great his whole journey. Is. You know, there's the stuff with the shield. He, he feels, you know, coming off the end of, you know, Avengers Endgame, it was like, you know, how does it feel? It's like, it feels like it belongs to someone else. It's like, that's where Sam is. He doesn't feel like the, the shield is his. So he gives it to the museum. Then the government takes it from the museum. They create their own Captain America. Um, and then, you know, it's about him sort of going through things to realize that, you know, he should take it and he should own it and he should do what he can do, even without super soldier serum in him. I mean, Sam got screwed over. Like, he wasn't giving them the shield for them to announce a new Captain America. Like, he just didn't feel as though he was right for it, but he didn't think they were going to have their own. It was interesting having Don Cheadle turn up as Rhodey. 
This yeah, nice is little, a nice little cameo. Yeah, but it, it, we've got a African American character who wasn't the main hero. That was Tony Stark, Iron Man in the original suit of armor. He was War Machine, and then for a time, Iron Patriots. So it was interesting having a character that has been on a similar journey that Sam's about to go on in the show. So I really liked the fact that they included him. It was probably the best parallel for, I guess, setting Sam's character up and I guess dissecting and getting into his motives and working out where he is as a character and where he fits in the world. And I guess you can say in the wider MCU world, which for the most part, let's be honest, has been pretty, has been pretty male white orientated up until like Black Panther. And then, you know, now we're getting Shang-Chi, we're getting, you know, we had a Captain Marvel movie, we're getting Black Widow, et cetera. You know, like we're, they're mixing it up and, you know, now Sam as, as the new Cap. So it's good stuff. I was genuinely surprised that, and remember, you know, this is, marvel studios but at the forefront this is disney they dived into you know elements of of race being a factor with with sam's character and how he was handling that mantle and you know the idea of becoming you know captain america a figure that is represented by you know the american flag essentially the red white and blue the stars and stripes um yeah and then you know the scenes where where, you know, like he's, you know, with the kids that he, you know, sees in the neighborhood where it's like, hey, Black Falcon. And it's like, you just call me Black Falcon because I'm black. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, just Falcon, black kid. kid. And then there's Falcon. the running with the cops. There's the cops that, that was a, sort of confront him. That was questioning a great him. And the, the neighborhood, Bucky is taking Sam to meet Isaiah Bradley, who was somebody, was the first person after Steve for the Super Soldier Serum to take. And, you know, his life was made hell. Like he was imprisoned. They experimented on him because they wanted to find out why it worked on you and nobody else. And yeah, this, you know, this poor guy, and it's in that neighborhood. Yeah, that's when they get pulled up. And, you know, they're giving Sam a hard time. They're saying to Bucky, hey, is this guy bothering you? And it's not until one of the police officers recognizes that he's Falcon. Oh, sorry, Mr. Wilson, we didn't realize. Yes, it was a really interesting way. Mm. It's like you'd imagine how it could go down with celebrity, only it's superheroes. Like, oh, I didn't realize yeah. you were that famous guy. I apologize. I thought yeah, you were hassling. just yeah. another African-American. Off you yeah, go. I mean, we could go into how timely this show is um, and not just with, you know, like dealing with, you know, like the, uh, what is it, like the re- purposing moving people around after you know like the blip and stuff like that you know the similarities to you know people being affected by COVID and all that kind of stuff also like the black lives matters movements the riots and stuff like that you know like this show is actually quite quite timely which is surprising seeing as though this was made sort of pre and kind of during you know the the pandemic and all that but I think it would have been very easy for Marvel, Disney, whatnot, to just sort of gloss over, um, you know, any sorts of commentary on, on race and stuff like that. I mean, if you look at the MCU previously, you know, there's never really been any sort of, besides the fact that, you know, almost all 23 movies have featured a male white 
lead kind of thing. Um, there's never really been any sort of hints at the world that they actually live in has been any sort of, you know, like racially motivated in any sort of way. So it's interesting. It's like making the world a little bit realer. But they can do that. Interesting. I just thought yeah, they, they ballsy. I, I really didn't think they'd yeah, do no, it. I agree. I agree. But they can do that on TV. They can flesh it out more because it doesn't need to yeah. be all explosions. Like you can spend time yeah. with these characters and get to spend time in that world. And as you say, the more time in we the spend, real, yeah, yes, real world, time superheroes, fantastical stuff, but real <laughs> in the MCU no. the small screen, it is looking more like like a, a real world. Yeah, it, it really is. And little like character traits and elements as well. Like you know, we got it in Wonder Vision, and we're getting we're getting it again here. There's, there was an episode where Bucky went to grab something. And he didn't use his metal arm. And Sam's like, hey, why didn't you just use your metal arm? Like, it would be much easier. And I can't, where's his metal arm? Is it his left or his right? I'm trying to visualize it in my mind. But it was basically... It's his, it's his left arm. It's his left arm. And he makes, okay, so yeah. he makes the remark, oh, sometimes I forget I'm right-handed. And you're like, I love that. <laughs> that's honestly, that's one of my favorite yeah. things. What a quirk. What an interesting come little... Out of the show because, honestly, like out of an Avengers movie... They're not taking time out for the action for Sam and Bucky to have that little dialogue exchange. It's just not happening. But it's, it's like just make with, them, it makes them feel more real. Like he's just doing yeah, with, mundane with the, things. And yeah, he's, he's right-handed. He's going to naturally gravitate towards his right hand. It's one of the things that like, you know, having this show or like one of these shows you can do, you can answer these weird questions and things and, that probably no one's ever asked, you know, like how does, you know, how does Bucky go about, you know, like doing mundane things like that, you know, like, Oh, can, you know, can these, who, who's paying these, these superheroes, these Avengers, you know, not now Tony, Tony Stark. Stark's gone. Yeah. Well, you know, well, like, not, you know, not even, not even when he was here, apparently. So that's <laughs> like, you know, these questions like, where do they get their money from? Can they get a loan? How is the world functioning and struggling, you know, logistically after, you know, the blip? And, the, you know, these movies could have, <laughs> I mean, shows could have very easily if, have just glossed over a lot of if this. That's but all the show was, I wouldn't be into it. But having <laughs> no, it but be added, yeah, I, 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 love, I like them. it. I like it. Like you say, it makes Super everything, stuff. it makes it feel like a more, a more lived in world. I mean, we probably got too much time of Bucky and Sam fixing up the boat, but that's okay. Oh, that's no, right. bonding, <laughs> bonding. Honestly, you mentioned, you know, when they were going to see the, was it the psychologist? They were going to see her. And yeah, when they're both brought in together and they're getting, they're getting nudged closer and closer together, knees touching, looking into each other's eyes. And she's like, are you having a staring competition? Like, because these guys are just so competitive. It's like, God damn it, one of you blink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got to talk about Wyatt Russell as John Walker, first Captain America, but then he becomes US agent. And I was just waiting yes. for that moment. I know this character from the comics. The, char- the, the costume, should I say, on screen, it's pretty much the page. It's a black Captain America costume. <laughs> but it, wow. I And I didn't realize, and you know, I messaged you, and you clearly knew, that Wyatt Russell was the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. I had no idea yeah. whatsoever. I was just watching one of the morning shows, 
and he was talking about his famous parents. And it must have been, like, I think, after episode one. And then I watched the second episode. And I'm like, holy crap. He's definitely yeah. Kurt Russell's son. He looks like Kurt Russell. <laughs> looks like Ego, the living planet. Mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wow. Yeah. This, this was a great journey. I really liked it because, you know, John Walker, like whether it's the comic or in the TV show, he's not a bad guy. And we're talking about a decorated member of the US Army. He becomes the new Captain America, chosen by the US government. So on paper, it's ideal. Like he is or could be the new Captain America. But there's only one Steve. And they, they mentioned that a couple of times in the show. Like, you know, there's yeah. been many attempts at the Super Soldier Serum test. It didn't work out with John Walker. I mean, he loses his shit. He's driven to it, but still... Like, I mean, I've never seen Cap Shield so bloody. But the, he didn't start <laughs> off as a bad guy. So it was interesting just see his journey. And he takes the serum and it, it does, it changes him. It's, it's interesting because it's like, it's one of those characters and, you know, like, I, bear with me, I'll, I'll refer to him as a villain just because this is how the best way to explain it. But, you know, the best villains are um, the ones where they believe they're doing the right thing. And a little part of you is almost on board with what they're doing because of of their motives, I guess. So, yeah, his character, like he, what he wants to do is the right thing. He's, he he just wants to do right by the people and be the best Captain America that he can be. Um, you know, when we're introduced to the character, you know, like at first, you know, he, you know, the stinger at the end of the first episode, we're like, who the hell is that guy? Why does he look like the old man from Up? What's going on? The second episode, we first meet him you know properly and all he's doing is talking about how he just wants to he just wants to do the best he can and you know make everyone proud and all that kind of stuff you're kind of like oh do i like him oh no maybe i like him eventually you find yourself hating him again but hating him you know because the show's setting it up for you to hate him the show wants you to feel the exact way you're feeling about it i found myself being like i don't like this guy but because the show was telling me, hey, don't like this guy. He's a bit but of a then he doesn't end up being just a villain because he does come back. It's all and he it's helps complicated. In the there's layers. It, but what I what I it really is, yeah. what I really like with you know having this show explore this character and all that. I mean, go back to Captain America the first Avenger and, and what does um what does the doctor say to Steve? You know, like why does he choose Steve to be you know the the, the super soldier, basically, because he's not the perfect soldier, but he's a good man. Wyatt Russell's character is the opposite of that. The yeah. perfect soldier, but not the best man. And I'm like, that is poetic. Yeah. So no, we like he's Captain America, but he's literally the opposite of what Steve Rogers is and stands for yeah. and the whole origin that's like yeah this is this is good shit this is good shit man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what what i really like about the show because you can take it at face value right and it is about the falcon the winter soldier it's setting up captain america for that that's that's what it's doing like they're the big the big takeaways and you've got all these character moments and everything else but it's it's actually for me, it's it's doing more than that. So we've we've referenced the fact that 
there was an attempt at a Captain America after Steve Rogers was in the ice. That's where we got Isaiah Bradley. In the comics, yes. he actually did wear a Captain America costume. They don't do that here. We don't get any flashbacks. We only get a modern retelling from his perspective on what happened. And that actor, it's Carl Lumley, who is no stranger to superheroes. The Bruce Tim Justice League animated series, he was the Martian Manhunter. In the Supergirl live-action TV show, he was the Martian Manhunter's dad. So he's been around okay. superheroes for a while, but now he's in this show. But sorry, sidetracked. Where <laughs> I was going with that. So Isaiah Bradley, we also, we meet his, his grandson, Eli Bradley. In the comics, he's also a superhero who ends up having the super soldier serum and he's a member of the Young Avengers. And there's other Young Avengers characters being introduced in different movies or TV series. Like we're getting Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye TV series. She's a young Avenger. So it's like Marvel are quietly introducing these younger heroes mm. to potentially get their own movie. So we've got Avengers, young Avengers, but then we've also got a super team, Thunderbolts. And they are like the Avengers, run through a dark section of the government, and you've got characters like U.S. Agent, who is their Captain America. So I can't help but feel that they're planting those seeds as well. I mean, we're introduced there, yeah. to Madame Hydra. We've not had her before. And honestly, it took me a while to register that it was actually Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Because I'm like, is that a line from Seinfeld? Because I didn't know. As soon as she walked in, I didn't expect it. So I'm like, so immediately, I'm like, no, it can't be. Because casting like that, it often gets out. It does. Yeah, I'd heard. It is weird that nobody knew. That is. And it was a genuine surprise. And she's essentially, she's putting her own team together. They don't say Thunderbolts, but I'm I'm, going to say that that's exactly. (laughs) <laughs> what is happening she's the one that she's gives like the, the monica u.s agent yeah she's she's like a it's like a a shady nick um, a shadier nick fury it's, it's it's very cool and it's it's the beginning of something like you're right what's um one thing worth mentioning though you know obviously with all the reshuffling and stuff like that you know black widow was supposed to premiere be out before this show launched and well, Man and Hydra, this, you know, what's her full name? Did you, did you write it down? Did you write it down? I um, did. She was, she was meant to debut. She was meant to debut in, um, in Black Widow. So it'll be interesting when we eventually watch that film and see, you know, Elaine pop up again <laughs> and, and then, then view it as, you know, that would have been the first time we saw her. And this time, like in this show, would have been the second. It's interesting to kind of know that we're going to view it backwards, but uh, it mm. might not be any different. But. Do you want me to give you the full name? I mean, you've got to do it. You do Valentina it. Allegra de Fontaine. Yeah, there it or is. Or Madame Hydra. Elaine. No, I'm going to call her Elaine. Or Elaine, of course. Run out. <laughs> yeah, wow. Honestly, it was, it was great seeing her in this. She had a really good introduction. And you're right. Like, she's a morally grey Nick Fury. But mm. seeing... 
her own team together. Yes, it was it was really cool seeing her in the show. We've got Sarah. She comes in and out of it as Sam's sister. Probably my favourite bit with her, it's just Bucky saying, I'm Bucky. And Sam just looking I'm at Sarah. him. You know, as in like, get away from my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's my sister. Always takes me back to that scene from Friends with Ross. When he's in the other <laughs> get room. off my sister! <laughs> Chandler and Monica. Oh, I, I love it. You know, we've been talking about this show for a while now. And, you know, you've said... US agent or Captain America, a villain. Of sorts, yeah. But there's, a, there's actual villains in here. Let, in fact, let's do Baron Zemo first because we will get to Flag Smasher. But I've got to be <laughs> honest. I, I think there's a reason why we've not talked about it yet. But we'll, yeah. we'll, let's, do, let's do Baron Zemo, who is a lot more interesting, <laughs> and then we'll come back to Carl. Sure, yeah, yeah. We've got Daniel Brawl in Captain America Civil War. He didn't wear the purple mask, but the character was there. And this was a character with no superpowers and almost brought the Avengers to their knees. Like he manipulated that whole situation. So he was really impressive as a villain there. So I was really excited about getting him back on the show. And he delivered. It was really entertaining. It, it's it's weird with his character, like um, you know, we're, we're getting more of him. But I think we're getting when I say we're getting more of him, like we're actually getting more of the character. You know, we're we're delving into the fact that he's actually a baron. He's he's rich. He's got money. He's got his own little Alfred. Like he's got, you know, he's got the trench coat with the fluffy coat, like winter stuff going on. He's got some so dance moves <laughs> that. The world has fallen in love with it. <laughs> like, well, that's it. He's got, yeah, I saw that video online that Disney released it, like an extended dance cut. It's like 57 minutes long or something, like <laughs> yes. uncut. No, no, no it's not that long, but it's... I don't know how long it's it longer is. Than what, it's long, well, it's not like an hour, but it's longer than what we've got in the show. I just assume um, they just cut they just cut it all together and just let it repeat with it. I don't know. Maybe that was something else. <laughs> but no, there's lots of like little comedic moments that he gets, just like little awkward... No, okay, I know my place. Oh, good. Let me but point down. Okay, well, you don't quite know what he's going to do because at one point, like he's he's chatting to the kids, and then he's getting information that Sam and Bucky yeah. don't have, and then you're like, yeah. oh, well, he's clearly going to keep that information to himself. But then no, he gives up that information, and then when he sees the Super Soldier Serum, I mean, we know that he's against superheroes because like for him, like the Avengers, you know, they come in to save the day, but he lost his family. And the Avengers just left, and the world congratulated them. So he's not just a one-dimensional villain. Like there's all these layers to him, and you kind of you feel for the guy. But the performance we're getting here, you know, like he's got the dance moves, so he's, he's entertaining in that that regard. But you don't quite know what he's going to do. And then when he sees the soup soldier serum on the ground, and he just starts smashing them all up, you're like, oh, okay, cool, like. I just didn't know necessarily what this character was going to do. So it was really yeah, like to watch. If he was a villain in the traditional sense, you know, like world domination or something like that, you think he'd be like, well, I'm going to take six of these super soldier serums and 
you know, down him and hopefully not explode. But, you know, you think, oh, he wants some superpowers or he's going to make it his own little squad of super soldiers or what. But no, 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 he's he's just like, no, my he, he's exactly what he says he is. He's like, I don't want a world with superpowered beings. This way I can eliminate more from coming about. So I'm going to just destroy these vials. He obviously misses one and that's how we end up with souped up Captain America 2.0. But uh, that's okay. That's <laughs> well, yeah, Zemo right. was a definite highlight. Okay, let's do it. We've got Erin Kellyman as Carly. And this is an actress. I think she's in a Star Wars film. It may have yeah, she's been, been the latest one. Not the, the last year. I think it was the last one. Yeah. No, nah, it was whatever the last one's called. Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. What did I say? The Last Jedi. That's not even a film, is it? What was it? I can't remember. Yeah, that was that's the Ryan a, Johnson the, one. The, yeah, it was the, the the second. Oh, forgot about that film. One. But I'll tell you, I knew you know what I mean? the eighth one. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I knew I recognised her from a Star Wars film. And it's funny because she kind of plays and... the same. She plays the same character in that Star Wars movie. She's with a group of characters that are sort of you know against the system and. She's yeah, her just, motives aren't really clear and uh, pretty similar. It's pretty yeah. similar. <laughs> I mean, when you're first introduced to her, the reveal works well because she did look as though she'd been kidnapped. But then when it's revealed, she puts the mask on. She's a member. We later find out she's one of the leaders of the Flag, flag Smashers. But I just... And just the action, the stop-start, the conversations with Sam. Sam just doesn't want to just defeat her. He wants to talk around. Change her. Change yeah. her. So, the, I don't know. The, I, I, I know. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm on there with you. Like the, the flag smashes as a whole, it's like, like I get, I get what they're trying to do, but it's like, it's, it's better when we're torn and we're like, Oh, you know, like I, they are trying. It's like, they're not really trying. They're, they're dead set doing the wrong thing. They're terrorists. That's it. And when you're just a terrorist, that's all you are. That's, that's what they're doing. Their motives have come from a place. I get it. But I mean, yeah, like they're killing people in the process to prove a point, which makes them morons and you can't get behind that. And then the character herself as a lead is not that engaging. That makes me, you know, when she's on screen, I'm not, I'm not excited. I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm glad we're with this character again. Yeah. It just a dad. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against her, but I guess it was a character. He just Fine slowed, slowed the whole thing down for me. Like in the comics, she's a he. He's, he's drawn as like a big muscular bloke. So they yeah. want to change yeah. it up with the show, which is fine. You know, but in the comics though, <laughs> this, is, this I thought was quite entertaining. So the name the name of the anti-nationalist terrorist organization, the acronym is Ultimatum. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of words to make up Ultimatum. <laughs> so it's very, very comic book. The underground, liberated, totally integrated, mobile army to unite mankind. Ultimatum. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Way too long. <laughs> Way too fantastic. long. I mean, no wonder they had to shorten it to ultimatum. I mean, they'd be here all day talking about it. Well, <laughs> outside of 
you know, US agent or, you know, becomes US agent at the end. This is it, really, because Zemo, he doesn't do a lot of bad guy stuff, really, in this. Mm. He's in it, he's entertaining, and I definitely want to see more of him in the MCU. I mean, uh, for the most part, he legitimately is helping Sam and Bucky do their thing. Um, And, you know, obviously there's an internal conflict, especially with when it comes to Bucky. Um, And then, you know, when it comes to... You know when the when the Wakandans, uh, what are they called? The Dora Milaje when they rock up. You know, like you know, Zemo obviously killed their previous king in T'Chaka. Oh, that was hard. Um, it is, isn't it? Yes, you know, yes, T'Chaka. So there's a lot of dynamics there. There's there's all of that. Yeah, I mean, like. There's just more going on for Zemo than our main villain, which... Yeah, the flag smashers, they're they're a bit rubbish. That's about it. Just a bit bit rubbish. There's that one guy guy from, like, the opening scene in the first episode, and then he comes back, and, you know, he's recruited to pretty much... And he's got, like, beef with Sam now. So that's a thing. You know, the big guy. Yeah, Batrock the Leaper. Yeah. He's a comic guy. He's He's a French guy we have pencil mustache in the comics i think he wears yeah. purple <laughs> so they they went <laughs> well we already had one purple guy kind of yes that's true yeah. they went in a different direction but yeah, it was great seeing him <laughs> come back because what was he last in i think it was winter soldier i think he opened the movie pretty sure right that's where we first saw him so they brought the character okay so he was actually back. he was in something before this show i thought it was just yeah he was in a captain america film i'm pretty sure it was ah, well, there winter go. soldier cool I mean, there's Sharon. Let's talk Sharon Carter. <laughs> I thought... So we've got Emily Van Camp. She's back again. Winter Soldier. She's back from that. And Civil War. And, and Civil War. I... When they give the reveal... I mean, Sharon Carter <laughs> as a character. I liked Is her it a reveal? In, in the show. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it is. Like, I mean, maybe I didn't want her to be power broker but when oh, they, they revealed I mean they did it behind it all I'm like oh okay because I was thinking like maybe we're going to see William Hurt maybe it's Thunderbolt Ross who knows maybe it's someone else other than Sharon Carter but then I mean I would have been surprised because it was so set up everything they were doing with the character I was like there's so many hints that it was like she was up to something I mean, shady she I was almost over. like she definitely got screwed oh, up oh no like I mean, we'll get to the, the motives, but the, the way the show was positioning her, I was like, if she turns out not to be the power broker, I would be more surprised because I'd be like, well, well, that's a that's a red herring. Like, I, I just feel like they were so obvious with it that I was like, surely she she won't be. But then she was, and I was like, okay, well, they weren't really hiding that then, and I don't know how I feel. I don't know. I but was, I can't. I get. I it. was a bit let down, if I'm honest, that. And, you know, she's taken back on board. You know, she's back with the American government. So she's going to get to manipulate things even more and mm-hmm. inside secrets. Like the, like the damage is, is done. Look, I get it is interesting because I feel like the MCU hasn't really done anything like this with a character previously. You know, we've had villains. We've had good guys. We've never really had, you know, we've had conflicted heroes and stuff or we've had, you know, like Hawkeye going down a wrong path for five years because his family were dusted. 
you know, that's that sort of happened, but we've never had a character sort of gone, be pretty much on the side of good, get screwed over and do the full turn where she becomes, I guess, something mischievous, something. Yeah, something true. Yeah, the, the, so, yeah, we're, we're getting. So it's something, yeah, it's something it's, different. And, it's something different. Out of yep. all the characters, yeah, she's been kind of screwed over and she kind of got forgotten about. And, you know, she might have some redemption thing later on. We'll see how we go. But we should yeah. probably, while talking about Sharon, we should probably talk about where, where, where we first find her in the show. Sam and Bucky go to Madripoor, which is mm. a fictional place in the... MCU. The first time that we've had it, it's been in the comics for however many years. It's the first time we've got it yeah, in the MCU. I know it's a big, it's a popular like X-Men location. And that's it. Well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I read anyway. That's the rele- But that is the relevance. It's not a popular Marvel destination. Specifically, it's a popular X-Men location. We've still not got mutants in the MCU. We know that they are coming. But I thought this was a nice little teaser, having an X-Men Well, we were location. all waiting for Quicksilver in this show. <laughs> that happened. Remember the boner uh, guy? That was a joke. <laughs> that was too. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mephisto was the power broker. That was, that was the whole deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, waiting for Mephisto, never. Waiting for Mephisto and Quicksilver to do their thing. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's cool to, I mean, I'll be honest. I was like, I was like Madripoor. I've never heard of that ever before in my life. I actually Googled it because I was like, is that a real place? Yeah. And then, yeah, I was I, like, oh, it's a, it's I, a, a Marvel I, thing. I've been reading X-Men comics my whole life. Um, sure. I'm very familiar with that. Like, for, There's quite a few um, storylines where Wolverine has gone undercover in, in his um, bad guy alias patch. Yeah. Imagine sure. this. This is the disguise, right? It's Wolverine in a white blazer and an eye patch. Well, that's strange. He's no longer Wolverine. He's Patch. <laughs> and he's undercover in Madripoor. I've read that comic uh-uh. many times. But yeah, no, that was. Well, I guess really they, cool they did. They did that with Sam, though. I mean, I mean, well, they were all undercover, I guess. But Sam was was undercover, and that's you know what? That's a weird thing for me because like. It's either like the first or second episode or whatever, and, and Sam's, you know, like in some, I don't know, European country or wherever he is, and, you know, he's getting recognised, being like, hey, you're the Falcon, you know? He'll be walking down a street in some suburb in America, and it's like, hey, you're the Black Falcon, they say. But, you know, still he's still being recognised, you know, at the bank. Um, you know, wherever he sort of goes. And then suddenly he's in, he's in Madripoor, and then, you know, because he's got this different outfit on, no one recognizes him. Yeah, this, I didn't know this the name global of the superhero. Yeah, I didn't know the character, but it is oh, a it's character like from Tiger, something Tiger. Some, yeah, Tiger's in. But that's it. It's wearing disguise. Oh. You know, you don't recognize him. It's wearing disguise, and Bucky, <laughs> Bucky didn't have his eye makeup on. Well, actually, at all in the show, <laughs> like even you know when he's being badass, he didn't have. The eye makeup, which was you know one of the things that it wore as a Winter no, Soldier. Even even without after after the, like the fight in Infinity War and the Endgame battle, it's like these characters were publicly images were posted. People know them. They no, know Bucky Paul, without 
Clearly. Oh, bloody Madripoor. <laughs> Not in Madripoor. Backwards little place. So let's talk about the costumes. We get some different costumes in this. Sam Wilson's Falcon uniform is red and white, opposed to the red and black uniform he had been previously wearing since Avengers Age of Ultron back in 2015. The red and white costume is closer to the look Falcon's costume from the comic books. You know, I did hear as well, I think it was an interview with showrunner, was it Michael Spellman? But they were talking about how at one time they were going to look at introducing Sam's power or ability from the comics. And they decided to not do that, which I'm, I'm glad of. Because you know, he's got... Which power? What, what, is, what powers? What, I mean... oh, the, the Falcon in the comics has superpowers. And he's connected... Is it that he can talk to a bird? <laughs> no, no he, he's connected to birds. He can see through the bird's eyes. So they can oh. essentially what the Red Wing is the name of his bird in the comics, and that's the name yes. of the drone in the show. No, see, see, he's doing that anyway, but it's he's, like... He's doing it anyway, but it's, it's a, a weird But power. it's a tech thing. It's a tech thing. <laughs> it's a weird power. You know, because in, in the comics years ago, he did become Captain America. So I've kind of mm. been there, done that already. And the design of the costume in the show, it's pretty much what they had on the page. But they did an interesting thing. When Sam Wilson in the comics became Captain America, they introduced a new Falcon. And this was a character that he ended up being an inhuman. There's this whole storyline that he did years ago. Uh, But that character was Joaquin Torres in this show. And he gets left with Sam's broken jetpack or wings. He'll fix them. Yeah, because he's the Falcon. It happened in the comics, and no doubt it'll happen. It'll happen here. But the costume, Captain America four, he'll be there. (laughs) The Captain America costume is pretty much what we get on the page. But you know, they put out that documentary, um, assembled, an hour-long special, the making of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I think I'm going to find the cap costume, very distracting when I watch it a second time. Because you've seen it as well, right? And they were showing like you the how... the CGI? Yeah, how the, the mask, the cowl, didn't quite fit. Oh, right. yeah. So when he was turning his head, he was constantly like bowing and not fitting his face. And they had to keep and they just tightened it immediately. Up. I thought that was really cool, though. I was like, it that's was really cool, interesting. And like the back of his head, they got rid of all the stitches, you know, like of where the seams meet. And I was like, that's kind of cool. It is, seems it is like an unnecessary cool. expense. I'll just so what did they describe it as like a magical Wakandan outfit? It's like, okay, yeah. Why that's, not? That's Why? relevant. I mean, that's where the costume came from. And it was given to Sam from Bucky, which was um, which was a nice touch. But yeah, the costume, it's very comic accurate. I did like that. But again, I think when I watch it again, I'll just notice just the mask, the cowl. And I'll be watching out to see, be... <laughs> see if they've missed anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can see some scenes. Well, look, the, the costume is pretty, pretty badass. But like, you know, with the wings, it's it's pretty intense. Like, there's a lot happening there. You know, you take Caps, you know, uh, you know, Steve Rogers' Captain America cost or any of his costume. They're pretty simple when you, you break it down. You know, it's just it's not like the soldier gear. It's you know, like spandex. It's 
it's pretty trim, slim. Whereas Sam here, you know, it's it's bulky. There's a lot of you know, obviously there's a lot more white and stuff like that. But with the wings as well, like, there's so yeah. much sort of happening. It looks cool. It, it does look really cool. And the the introduction when he comes, he throws the shield. He comes flying through the window. It was really cool. Like, Who are you? I'm Captain America. And it was really cool. And then soon after that, Bucky refers to him as Cap, which I thought was really cool. But on the costume, <laughs> as you say, it was a gift from the Wakandans. It combines aspects of several of Steve Rogers' Captain America suits, including the combat fatigue pants from World, the World War II suit from Captain America, the first Avenger. The bright stripes are like Steve's suits in the first Avengers movie. And the stars and stripes in the center are modeled after the blue and white suit Steve wore in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. So it's cool how like nice that's how they approached it. And I've got to because... be honest, though. So the, the Captain America costume in the first Avengers movie, I hate it. It's the worst. It gives it Chris really... Evans a bulbous head. And <laughs> it's a shocking costume. It's... It's quite, yeah, it's quite cartoony. When, like now when we look back at it, it's like, yeah, it's very, it's so superhero-y, but like in a bad way. <laughs> you My favourite I mean. um, is still the first Avenger. So I'm, I'm pleased that they've incorporated as- aspects of that in Sub's costume. Yeah. Because it's, um, because the suit is, you know, from Wakanda, are we, is it safe to assume that not only does it have like, Shuri tech in it, but like, is it made from vibranium? Could it be? I don't if know so, because it's going to be a very expensive outfit. It would be, and you'd be able vibranium, to vibranium. You know, I don't know. Be, so it'd be, you know, but that's what they did. I wearable. don't know because that's what they did with Black Panther's costume. His suit was laced with vibranium, wasn't it? And that absorbed mm. en- energy to a point where he was taking on a lot of damage and then he'd be able to expel like a blast, like use it as like outward energy. And I didn't see anything like that in this show. I don't know. I just think maybe literally just the material is just vibranium. Like it's just, just like his shield, you know, his wings, uh, yeah. vibranium wings, very strong, can't break them. Although they did get broken. So the new Falcon's oh. going to fix them. But that's the old ones, I guess. So you've got new... No, the old one. Yeah, no, new, new ones. There's new ones. From the Wakandans. Yeah, vibranium yeah. wings. Well, just like <laughs> with WandaVision, you know, when we see her fully realised as the Scarlet Witch, when we see Sam as Captain America in this, it might as well... You might as well be watching a movie. The, the effects, the costume design is just next level and it's it's one of the things i'm really enjoying about seeing the mc on the small screen because we had it before kind of sort of with the netflix marvel shows but you couldn't necessarily although i did like the daredevil costume for the most part you couldn't stand those characters next to the movie characters they just wouldn't fit whereas you could put Sam's Captain America yeah. next to Spider-Man, once, whoever. Once again, we are getting, you know, like getting the film on TV in terms of costumes, special effects and stuff like that. I think with this, with this show though, 
I feel like you know if we're talking special effects, the the opening the opening scene, you know, with the the flying through the mountains and all that kind of stuff with the divers, like look like a movie. Put that on the big screen, you won't oh, really know did. any different. They, you know, there's a lot of the show gets away with a lot of you know smaller scenes where it's you know it's just like close range combat, very. I say easy to do. I'm saying obviously as a as a non filmmaker or anything like that. Obviously, I couldn't do it. But in terms of a film production, very easy to to sort of do. There's a few you know big action shots like the truck chase scene, um, but then there's really not much big special effects heavy um, movie moments until I guess the last episode where pretty much the majority of of the episode is you know action around New York and stuff like that. So, you know, what we do get is is good. But yeah, I, I didn't feel... They found myself, a way to get away with it and make it easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't feel myself missing action like because it was sprinkled throughout. But you're right, they started big and ended big. I guess that was going to be their, their approach. Yeah, I know we've kind of gone through the characters already, but I just want to just circle back and talk about Bucky a little bit more because it's something that one of the people working on the show was talking about that there's, there's a, what they had be a part of the show was a direct turning point for Bucky from being the winter soldier and moving away from that and being a hero. And the moment is where he purposely let one of the bad guys go to save people. It's something that happened oh. during the show, but, the people making it, that was a big moment for them. Because Bucky of old would have just continued chasing who he was chasing. Yeah. Like he, he has a mission and he's going to... Exactly. But he stayed with the people that needed help. But I, I'm coming around to your way of thinking because, again, this is the Falcon and the Winter <laughs> Soldier. But this is, this is Sam's show. And I think if it was more even maybe more people would have picked up on that moment without them telling us after the fact that for them working on the show, this was a big moment for Bucky. Maybe. Yeah. Like I, I didn't get that moment. I mean, I, I felt the gradual change and development of the character anyway, kind of thing. So I, I, I still got the same result, but not from a specific moment like that. Like what, what the show is doing with Sam is not with Sam with Bucky is still really good. It's great. Like, so don't get me wrong. And, 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 I'm not trying to say that, you know, his character is underserved in this show. Like um, if you look back to wherever the the character has featured previously in all the films, like every film, if you look at the ending of the movie and where his character is, it's always pretty much a a bad or a sad or an upset, like, you know, a pretty dull, not dull, but just a bad ending for him. You know, like he, did he, I don't know. It's like he died, like he was blipped or, you know, he lost his best friend or, you know, he went on the run, he disappeared. He's never had a happy ending or like he's been, you know, he got frozen in um, like Wakanda that one time. And, you know, the show addresses the fact that, you know, his whole life since becoming the Winter Soldier, you know, he's pretty much just been fighting. He would just be frozen, woken up have to kill someone frozen again, working up, have to kill someone or kill people. Then he had that downtime in Wakanda and then he had the big battle in Wakanda and then blipped and then the end game battle. And then now 
nothing and he's alone pretty much and all he's really got is is Sam and that's where the show sort of starts and look you look at the end of this of where these two characters are, are at the end and you know Bucky's finally happy you know, he's got that happy ending for the first time and after like six or seven appearances that he's had in these movies and, and stuff so it's good it's nice there's a lot for Bucky in there this is, show yeah there is and I liked how that was a nice little history lesson you know Sebastian <laughs> Stan has been playing Bucky for 10 years. That's a long time. How crazy is that? That's how long he's been playing that character. And I read an interview with him, and, and what his hope was is that if somebody was just looking to follow his character's journey from First Avenger to this show, that it would look and feel like the same character. And I'd say he's achieved that. Because you're right, he's gone through a lot. He's had a lot of trauma. He's had some wins, but mainly losses. But he's always Bucky. But different, you know, different takes on the character, but the through line is there. You almost forget as well that he's, you know, he's like 100 years old. So it's like, you know, he goes on his, he goes on a date and it's, you know, what does he bring flowers? And because he feels like that's the right thing to do. He's old school. He's from a different time, just like just like Steve Rogers was. It's nice. And that was a big thing, wasn't it, in the reveal that he makes, that to the shield, the identity of Captain America, it feels like that's the only thing that he has left and the thing that connects him to Steve, and that was somebody he had here now that reminded him of his, his life before the Winter Soldier. And then now that shield is with Sam and they've developed that relationship. And again, it just blows my mind that, you know, just going back to their first interactions together, was it, was it Winter Soldier or Civil War? Which one was it where they were both sat in the back of the car and then Steve's Civil out front War. and he gets a kiss and they're just in the car nodding. And he's like, yeah. somebody's obviously watched that. I thought, there's something here. Maybe years And there's that now, exchange where it's like, a show. <laughs> can you move your, move your seat forward? No. Nah. <laughs> and then they, right. they flipped that in this show. I think Zemo's there as well, but it's sort of like, you're not going to move your, your seat, are you? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it's I, I like it. Like, they've, got, they've got good chemistry. Um, great cast. Like, it's a really good cast for, for the mo- most part. Oh, the, um, the music, we've got composer Henry Jackman. It's his third Marvel Studios project after Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and... Captain America Civil War. So if you're thinking this show kind of sounded like Captain America, that's why. I mean, there was a, they definitely repeated some motifs and stuff, which was cool because I got some, got some feels. Jackman just went back to his scrapbook. He's um, got it all there. I mean, that first Avenger movie was Alan Silvestri, who went on to do the Avengers, which is incredible. I love him as a composer. But Henry Jackman, I first noticed him he did a few tracks for Kickass, which was a oh, weird right. sort of score because it, I don't think it was made up by one composer, which is your standard. And there were quite a few right. people con- that contributed to that, I believe. I'd have to go back and check, but Jackman was definitely one of the highlights for me of the Kickass score. And yeah, Captain America theme, like you say, there's a few motifs that I've repeated throughout this show. And works really well. And as well as having the actors and the look of the Captain America films, 
just having that sound as well is is very important. I've mentioned the documentary special already, and this is something that Marvel are doing at the end of each of their Disney Plus shows. So the actual show is Marvel Studios Assembled. It's a documentary series that will focus on the previous show that has just wrapped. Goes for an hour, behind the scenes, making of, interviews with cast, crew, and really informative. And it's why, if I'm honest, we're doing this review now and not last week. Because just like just we, we, we want to talk about it, yeah. it's like we were ready to go. We could have talked about this show after this the series finale, but then it's like no, no, no. Maybe we'll we'll give it a week and we'll find out some more information in that uh, special. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't feel like I got that much out of this one as I did the Wonder Vision sort of behind the scenes. I think even with that with the Wonder Vision, I wanted a bit more than what they did give us, but. Yeah, like this, I don't know, it just seemed like a very, almost like they were trying to promote the show after the fact. It's, you know, a lot of it was very, like, driven to sort of sell what you had just watched. And it's like, you guys, I've already watched it. Just tell me tell me how you made it. Tell me your processes. Tell me how you came up with these stories and what the points were and stuff like that. Don't, don't sell me on what the story I just bloody watched the show. Like, just, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm still, I'm still going to promote it anyway. Listen to me. Check out, if you've not watched it already, Marvel Studios Assembled Episode 2. <laughs> and nice. No doubt when we get together again and we review Loki, we'll hold out and we'll watch the Assembled episode. Maybe they'll have more to say on that one. But it's definitely worth watching, though. Like if it, I quite, oh, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I quite like it. You know, watching a season of a, sh- of a show and a show that you like, and then the following week just have like an... It's almost like a, a Blu-ray or DVD special feature. Here, watch the sixty-minute yeah. making of documentary. I like it. It's at good. least they don't have the. At least they don't have the audacity to be like, "Hey, let's create a like a, a six-episode <laughs> behind-the-scenes like series like they did with the Mandalorian." Oh, hey, listen! Oh, hey. I thought you were going to talk about something else. Like, what, what's the other thing that Marvel have done? And, it, and it's essentially just like a quick edit of like multiple appearances. Oh, the, the things with the with the Disney made YouTube clips. Like. Ridiculous. <laughs> like, I did the first episode, I think it was um, Wonder, and I didn't do the vision one. I've not done the other ones. I get it. They served their purpose. I just hated the fact that they promoted them like a brand new show. Like, just tell us what it is exactly. Just say, hey, we've got this new thing. It's just basically a quick catch up to get you caught up on you know, the best bits, the highlights of what came before for each character. Cool. Awesome. That's Honestly, what it is. Don't I, say it's a brand new yeah, series. I know, I know. Yeah, Coming it, it, to it Disney wasn't. Plus. It wasn't. That was a bit Kiss of a joke. Off Disney Plus. <laughs> let's, let, no, 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 no. Let's try and keep them on side. You know, let's stop. <laughs> no, they're good. They're good. Send us through. <laughs> the, the Mandalorian special that you're talking about, though, I could not ad- disagree more. I loved every. I did actually it. enjoy it, so I'll, I'll. There you go. Then I'll show that was that was excellent. I, just think, I mean, they they had a I just whole think the... episode with the composer. I had an episode with all the directors, we had a roundtable, but it was interesting though that for the first season they had just as many documentary specials as they did episodes yeah. in that first season, whereas season two. It was like an extended one-off. 
So maybe, you know, it yeah. didn't work as well as they'd liked. But I did enjoy... I just... Both I just feel like, what kind of audacity do they have to think? Like, <laughs> people are going to love our show so much. We're going to give them, like... <laughs> Just but the thing is, though, behind the scenes like, features. I mean, that was still Disney Plus in its first twelve months when they gave us that Mandalorian special. Yeah, that was probably their second most watched show, the behind the scenes thing. So <laughs> Disney Plus now they've got so much more content. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm still waiting for the world according to Jeff Goldblum season two. It's going to happen soon. I hope. Yeah, where, where is it? Still <laughs> waiting, and um, but this show, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you're going to rate it out of five, um, there were there there was a lot that I really, there was a lot that I liked about this show. You know, like production quality, you know, some uh, character beats and development, all that kind of stuff. And there was there was some good stuff, but there was also a lot of meh stuff as well. Unlike the previous show where, you know, I was I was like dying to watch the next episode. There was so much going on. There was so much to talk about. You know, I couldn't wait to, you know, get online with you and, and have a have a good chat. This one I was like, you know what, if if you were like, look, we're not gonna do this this review, I'd I would have been like, sure. That's kind of how I felt about this show. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I wasn't like, this is amazing. It was like I don't know. It's a it's a good show that I'm enjoying, and you know, like we said at the start, I I had no inkling to sort of go back and do a rewatch. I'll do it at some point, but I'm in I'm in no rush. Um, I don't know. I feel like now I I feel like I went too negative there, <laughs> but I, I think I'm I think I'm settling with a three point five out of five. It's a good show, but it's not amazing. It's sort of to be honest. It's not really anything new. It's just, it's more of traditional MCU stuff. And we get a good deep dive into these two characters and a few other extra little bonuses. But then there's a lot of other other bits and pieces in, in throughout that probably didn't need or didn't really work well or wasn't really that great. 3.5. I'm going to come in a little bit Hi, I'm coming at a four. It's closer to a four than a three point five, so I'll I'll round it up to a four. And what's getting it to a four for me was just the anticipation, I guess, from week to week and having a new episode to watch. And I, I had a really good time watching it for that. There's so much to like. Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan are great in this. You know, they've been playing the characters for so long. Like I say, Sebastian Stan, a decade. And Anthony Mackie is not too far behind him. These guys play the characters well. They've got great chemistry. I did like White Russell a lot as John Walker. But Flag Smashers, crap. (laughs) (laughs) And and Zemo was excellent. Excellent. I can't give it anything lower than a four. Like, whether it's, you know, the reveal of Captain America when he saves everybody, the costume reveal, Zemo on the dance floor. There's a lot to like here. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so glad, and, and I know it wasn't intended to be this way originally, but I'm glad that Marvel was able to release WandaVision first because 
th- this, although I enjoyed it and I'm sticking to my four, it wouldn't have been like a big, exciting introduction to Kevin Feige's Marvel on the small screen than what we've got with WandaVision. But there is a lot to like here, just not the flag smashers. And I mean, it kind of should have been more interesting. Yeah. Do you know what? I feel uh, just one final point. I know we're probably, we're, we're probably done with the review, but as an overall structure of, of like the season or the series, however you want to view it, it's like there was a lot of stuff set up at the start and throughout that was sort of leading to something. And I was, I guess I was expecting, I guess something to happen. You know, I, I feel like I wanted a resolution with, you know, um, Wyatt Russell's Captain America character. I wanted a resolution with Sharon. I wanted, well, I mean, we got, we got resolution with Sam, so I guess that's good enough. And, you know, Bucky had his happy ending. I feel like they, they set up a lot of stuff only to, in the last episode, kind of pull back, reposition those plots and uh, threads and all that kind of stuff and these characters and say, oh, but now we're setting it up for what's next. So it's kind yeah. of like they pulled the reins in and there was like, nope, now it's something new. And it's like, okay. Like with Zemo, it was like kind of went somewhere and then they were done with the character. Didn't go anywhere. It was like, okay, now we're done with that. You know? US agent is to be seen next time. Sharon to be yeah. seen next time. A lot of these characters, yeah. So you, yeah. So you got resolution with Sam because he took on the mantle of Captain America. I guess that's the most important thing. That's kind of, you know, we were talking earlier, that's potentially what the show was doing. You know, Mm. take this journey to Captain America 4. But all these characters, most of these characters are going to be seen again. So it's like like reading reading a comic book. Like you don't get to the end of a comic or a graphic novel and everything has happened and everything's explained. Like it's an ongoing story. Yeah. Speaking of characters that we might see again, can we do? Can I just ask, where do you think Captain, uh, you know, like Steve Rogers was or is during this show? Because I found it curious that they never once addressed or stated that he was dead. They just said he was gone, and there was a lot of there was a lot of you know the the running gag of like, isn't he on the moon? Steve Rogers is on the moon, isn't he? Captain America didn't he go to the moon? What the hell is that all about? I think it's clearly eyes. Go. <laughs> it's clearly intentional that there's no specifics. I mean, we yeah. talked about it on a recent movie show that reportedly Marvel are developing a Steve Rogers movie that isn't going to be a part of Captain America 4. So they may well still have plans for Steve and whether it'll be a period piece, no idea. But they probably were told... You can't. I mean, I did. I did read something that originally, um, the show wanted Spider-Man for the finale, and Kevin Feige said, yeah. "No." <laughs> that was his response. Nope, you're not having Spider-Man. But do you know? Before I found this out, do you know what 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 you know what I was you know sitting there with the wife? One of my little whinges was when they you know the final episode was positioned to be set in you know New York City right against the bridge that connects New York City to Queens. I was like, you know, 
it would almost make sense. All of this is being televised. This isn't a quick little battle. This is ongoing stuff that's developing. Spider-Man could rock up if he really wanted to. You know, do you know what, involved. though? The big speech <laughs> that Sam is giving about being an African-American, wearing the shield, the colours, taking on the mantle, and yeah. everything else. If I'm teenage Peter Parker, I'm, not, I'm giving that a wide berth. <laughs> it would have been funny if like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As a, this is, instead of this a, is Sam's moment. Yeah. Oh, I think it would have been a funny little gag though if like after the after that big battle, you know, like, it's all said and done. Yeah, Sam's the new Captain America, he's done his speech, the day save, Spider-Man rocks up in like his, you know, iron spider suit and he's just like, Hey guys, I heard all like, you know, there's all this commotion going on, like everything all good, and it's like you know, bug boy, like, it's done. We did it. Go home. Go do your homework, you know? Like, go back to school. It would just been unnecessary. Past your bedtime. It would have been unnecessary. A funny gag. You know, yeah, but you know what? It's Give me (laughs) Spider-Man. Exactly. You want (laughs) Spider-Man in everything. Just wait till the end of the year. You get Spider-Man 3. (laughs) Spider-Man? I mean, this is an audio medium. Jason is lifting up his Spider-Man T-shirt. Which just me to say. I wasn't, well, I wasn't lifting up my shirt. We're not lifting it up to show me underneath. Anyway, it's getting weird. <laughs> well, that's it for our episode all about the Falcon oh, and the geez. Winter Soldier. If you want to contact us around this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, once again, thanks for coming back, being on the podcast. Oh, it was it was good fun, right? And always good therapy to get all of that off my chest. So anytime. <laughs> Couple of months we'll be back here again talking Loki and that film stew around about the same time. We'll do a full review of Black Widow, which is finally out in, in July. Awesome. Well, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>